The Business of People with Lizelle van Rijn. Welcome back to The Business of People. I'm your host, Lizelle van Rijn. This is episode two of my conversation with Kanye Babuma, the founder of Ikaya Brewery. So hold my beer, part two. In this episode, we're going to be talking about how involved the entrepreneur needs to get in social issues like ethics, capitalism, social responsibility when it comes to wages and exploring this very South African dilemma, but not uniquely South African. What is a living wage compared to the minimum wage? And ultimately, whose responsibility is it to ensure that people earn a living wage? We also touch on subjects like fulfilling your purpose as an entrepreneur and possibly engaging or not, as the case may be, to end the cycle of poverty, certainly in a country that we love so much. Um, I hope you enjoy this episode. Again, as always, please like, share, and subscribe, and uh, we look forward to having you back soon. Enjoy. So I was recently having a conversation um, during lockdown, and um, I um, had lots of time in my hands, had nothing to do. So I'm like, you know, I'm going to, you know, just explore a few industries. Like there's a lot of interesting industries that people don't think about. Like you have, you're always in an industry that nobody has thought about. Like as in you've got this online business now about like um, super, super niche vinyl um, business. So um, so just like you as well, I've played around in some few things. And I, I ended up um, being in the firewood business. Interesting. During lockdown. You know, a lot of people were brying. Um, True story. And it was cold during winter. So it was like, you know, wood for fire. Supply place, and demand. Wood for brides. Wood for, like there's, a, there's just a huge market for wood. And you wouldn't think of that until you're in it. Anyways, so as I'm figuring things out, you know, the operations, the systems and everything, you know, labor, yeah, like all that kind of stuff. Um, I figure out that the labor is super cheap super super like ridiculously cheap i'm even scared to say how much it costs <laughs> no, don't say it don't say it but it's ridiculously cheap you know um so uh to a point where um just to give you some figures uh, a bag of wood i'm selling it for selling it for 30 bucks a bag of wood and it's costing me six rand a bag Fuck. right okay that's a good margin uh, seriously good margin um but if you think, if you like, you know, reverse, like think about it, like that's how bad or how cheap the, the like the cost yeah. of production is. Um, so I was sharing this information with another close friend of mine. I'm like, oh, dude, can you imagine? This is like seriously good business. I, mean, I would have never thought about this. You know, wood is great. Um, it's just bulky, but it's, it's, it's a good business. And um, he's like, you said what? How much you pay these guys? <laughs> And I'm like, okay, cool. Look, yeah. um, did you take a pause? So did like, you realize ethically? Yeah. So he's mm. coming in on the ethic thing, you know, um, minimum wage and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like to him, um, look, um, let me explain how I got to that number. All right. So went to a rural community. That's um, where I'm getting my wood from. And guys are unemployed. There's no work. And I was like, okay, cool. You know, I need a couple of guys to chop wood for me a whole bunch of guys came about I asked them what's the what's the rate they didn't even know what I was talking about so I had to kind of find other ways of finding out what 
what they how much people get paid for that kind of stuff. So um, they gave me a figure. I was like, oh, 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 great. You know, they and, gave you the figure. Yeah, they gave me the figure. Yeah. Of the, oh, this. Oh, we we can do this for you. I told them how many bags I need a week, um, and we take it from there and you know multiply it four times. How much you're gonna get a month? And like, oh yeah, 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 can do that. So I was like, okay, cool, we're in agreement, shop. So that's how I got to the figure, right? So now, um, where I'm going with this is that like being a, a capitalist, um, where there's already a, a market price for anything that you had. Like, there's already a, a bag market, of wood. There's already a market price that's set. You didn't Correct. Come, you didn't come up with the price. Correct. You know, this is how much labor costs. This is how much the market is willing to pay. You see the opportunity, you go into it. Now, are you a bad guy for, are you such a bad person for going into that market and playing according to that market's rules? As in, well, that's, yeah. Um, or is, do you have to now go in there and be like, oh, okay, if you guys are earning this much, I should pay you five times more because that's how much um, morally, you know, um, that's morally the right thing. I can see the discomfort in your smile. That's <laughs> um, a really interesting question. I mean, we had the same encounter years ago. This guy um, also happens to be from the Eastern Cape, arrived at our door, uh, and he asked for some work in the garden. As it happened, we had a lot of work at the, in the garden at the time, and I asked him how much, and he says, no, you tell me. Mm-hmm. Oh. And so, yeah, we had to make a decision but, you know, I'm not doing it as a business. I'm just kind of drawing the comparison that it's an interesting idea that um, people will sell their time for that little, uh, especially up in the Eastern Cape. Because I do know, I've got relatives up there, so I do understand what the daily manual labor rates can be. Yo, like, I, you know, mm. yeah. So I, I, I don't know. I, I think a true capitalist would probably be on the side of pay low, sell high, or buy low, sell high. And um, yeah, if the rate is what it is, then that's it. And the morals and the, and, the, and the ethical kind of conversations around that don't really enter. But yeah, I, I think it's a very difficult one because it just perpetuates the, the, the cycle of poverty. It doesn't actually alleviate poverty. You, you, you think that you've helped a guy out by giving him some work for today, but actually it's done nothing. Um, and, and, and arguably you could say that within his generation or in his lifetime or her lifetime, that isn't gonna change. So let's take a domestic worker, right? Uh, that domestic worker is maybe earning 250 rand a day. That's relatively the average around here. Um, in her lifetime, she's not going to be able to afford um, university, never mind schooling, university, tertiary, and bettering her life. Uh, yeah, so I think it's a, it's a difficult one, and I, and I think that's where we needed government, and we had this conversation the other day, that's where we need government to not piss away all the fucking money so that the money that we do pay in tax um, can actually be invested in providing free education and free healthcare and um, support and vocational training and all of those good things to people who are literally on the minimum wage, so that the next generation have a, have a leg up to get out of that poverty cycle. That's my take on it. 
So I don't necessarily think it's the entrepreneur's responsibility to address those socio-economic uh, issues. Mm -hmm. You should be paying what it, what it is that you are legally supposed to be paying. Mm -hmm. I, think it's a, I think it's a very awkward position that the government puts any uh, business in South Africa in by saying, well, look, the minimum wage is 20 rand an hour. Because that is, the, technically, that is the minimum wage in this country. Right. Yeah. So, so government is, Kasatu is saying, okay, cool, 20 bucks an hour. Uh, you're saying, how the fuck do you live on 80 rand a day? Or 100 rand a day? Or 120 rand a day? How do you even live on 500 rand a day? You and I would say, mm -hmm. because we understand that to rent a place costs X and we want to get a university degree and all of these things. So, yeah, I, I, I don't think it's your responsibility as an entrepreneur, no. That's my take on it. Okay, well, because obviously for me, it was like, um, look, dude, there's nothing I can do about it. And I made examples, as in, we can make a lot of examples about how it works, automotive industry. When I found out, like, uh, this is uh, maybe about 10 years ago, like uh, C-Class, um, C-Class was going for, what's that, 2020? Yeah, C-Class was going up for about 300,000 rand. Um, and it cost them 30,000 bucks. To make? To make. <laughs> you know. Um, <laughs> and... Yeah, so, so there used to be a rule book, um, and that rule book was thrown out. So there used to be a rule book that dictated or, or sort of said that, you, that the CEO shouldn't earn, uh, you know, proportionately X amount of times more than the uh, shop steward at the bottom of the food chain. Mm. But now that rule book is all but being thrown out. But you can't operate like, as in, with a rule book like that because the success of the company... What do you do with the extra profit then if you, if you cap the profit at... Well, um, right now it's shared amongst... Um, it's divvied out to shareholders. So that's how it works, right? So Jeff Bezos and, and the like with Amazon can do... You know, they have shareholders and that's who are they, that's who they are ultimately you know, beholden to, mm -hmm. not to the, the people who are actually building the company, the workers. Um, but that's a labor that's a labor argument. Uh, the difference being that in a country like the United States or in Europe, um, there is a set minimum wage, and it is deemed to be a relatively livable wage. Although I defy you to live on that minimum wage in a place like New York or London, it's, right. it's impossible. But it is uh, you can get a few square meals a day, and you can get by relatively speaking, and it's a shitload higher than we're paying people here as a minimum wage. So, yeah, but the, but the ethics of business, that's not a big thing capitalism focuses on, I don't think. Should they? I think, I think so, yes. I'm a big fan of social entrepreneurialism. Yeah? Yeah. So, so social enterprise, for me, is a, is, a, is a very good model, a third winning way out. So I don't believe in socialism, and I don't believe in communism, certainly, but I, and I don't believe in true... Um, I think capitalism in itself has failed as well. Um, but I think there is a third way, which is social enterprise, which can kind of address both those points. Profit isn't bad. Money isn't bad. I like it. I want more of it. Thanks. But at the expense of people? No. And so what social enterprise says is that you, everybody should earn. 
not a set amount, not the same amount, mm -hmm. but that um, there's enough to go around so that executives can earn six figures, seven figures, ten figures, whatever it is, but people in the company are looked after proportionately to the profits that they are helping to generate for that company. And that can be in shares, it can be in whatever. Um, so is it, so the, the main goal for whatever like entity you, um, you build, you're trying to build is to to grow it perpetually. Yes. Like there's no, you don't want to have like only 10 branches of um, CTO. You want to have a thousand, hundred thousand all over the world, right? Um, so in order for you to kind of do that, you need the fuel, like the, the money to, to fuel that growth. Yes. Right? Um, with you in con full control of that kind of vision. Yes. Now, if you, every bit of, um, profit you make, you distribute it evenly with the guys that are working with you, then um, are you you're going to be doing good in the sense that everybody's eating um, um, the they deserved isn't the, the amount of work that they've put in has resulted in the, in the dividends that they're earning but are you fulfilling your purpose of building this massive company? Oh sure, I, I, yeah, I hear. I, I, yeah, if you're, I, if you're starving it of the fuel, that I hear where you're going. Kind of no, for sure, but there's a balance. It doesn't have to be either or. You know, you're talking exorbitant amounts of profit in some of these cases. I, I keep signaling about Amazon, but I mean, you're talking an extraordinary amount of profit um, compared to a, a, a huge number of people that earn minimum wage. So that there's a there's a massive gap. I I just think that social enterprise offers a nice third way. Of course, there should be money from those profits divested into expansion and growth and a yacht maybe. Um, of course, those are the those are the spoils. Those are the you know that's that's why we're doing what we're doing, isn't it? Um, mm -hmm. But is it okay for? I mean, on average, there was a there was a poll uh, released a couple of years ago that's saying that you know most of Amazon um, uh, warehouse workers have to work, I think, two jobs in order to live. And by, by live, I mean pay for healthcare and rent and school and, 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 and. So it's, it, 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 they, they, yeah, the one, the one, they're both sort of flawed, if you like. Uh, capitalism as a raw Gordon Gecko of Wall Street, that kind of vibe is like, no, that's kind of ugly and shit because they, they really don't care about people. Um, I think it's not necessarily that they don't care, but it's, um, it's, it's almost a sacrifice that one needs to take because um, a sacrifice in the sense that it's like, um, and don't get me wrong, I'm not, you know, uh, uh, what's your word? And let me not defend this point. <laughs> it's, it's a sacrifice one's to take that you need to arm yourself, like create your war chest that it's strong enough yes. to, you know, um, to be able to prop up this machine like as a, yes it's like and and guarantee its survival and through guarantee its bad survival. times exactly so yeah. it's like if facebook didn't um you know they make a whole lot of money mm -hmm. um and if they if they didn't kind of like build that um, liquidity over time they wouldn't be able to kind of buy out all the other companies that they kind of 
Totally, um, but Facebook pay, pay their staff very well, and they reward their staff very well with lavish offices and canteens and staff lunches, and there's a hairdresser and... Very well is... Um, relative? Relative in the sense that it's like, for example... It's not um, six round a bag of wood, Barry. So for, so, for example, well, it depends how many bags of wood. <laughs> but um, it depends. So, for example, like as in, let's bring it back to like a domestic um, helper where I live in, say I live in um, uh, Clifton, in a massive house. So I say to my domestic, um, I will provide you with a fancy house to stay in, to work in, so that... The, the, so this is Facebook, the house, you know, beautiful house, you sleep in a nice bed, you, you know, you eat the same food that we eat, you have electricity power, you watch TV, you've got Wi-Fi, um, you even have a license to drive and get groceries, you know, for, for the house, you know, all the other, all this, like you're working, but your working environment is amazing. Um, it's amazing. It's like you work for a millionaire, you mm-hmm. know, um, and then pay you, you know, worst wage like yeah 100 you know pay you two grand a month but if the government again going back to that thing if 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 that's where government and legislation needs to guide a government and legislation needs to say listen minimum wage is x so where i'm going with this is like um without cutting you short it's like uh so it's what you're saying about facebook i don't really think that they i don't know how much they pay facebook workers but i'm just saying pretty like, well saying it's like amazon and their tech departments do too actually Okay, but it's like saying like, um, okay, we'll provide this amazing space for you to work in, um, and all the benefits, mm-hmm. you know, um, but they're not yours to kind of like exchange and, yeah, you know, you, you don't yeah. really have a choice to like, as in, yeah. we'll provide you with schooling for your kids. But what if I don't want my kid to go to to Facebook school? Like I want it to go to another school. Sure, I mean those are, and then you can choose whether you want to work for Facebook or not. That's your choice, brother. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, so, a, a really nice um, example actually is um, Ferrari and Fiat, and I can't remember the other one now. But um, so these Italian companies—I don't know if it's Fiat actually, so don't, I stand corrected. But these Italian companies are are—I uh, mean, they're strong brands, right? I mean, you can't argue with a brand that is Ferrari, but. They they pay their staff very very well, um, you know. In terms of um, employee benefits, you're talking paternity leave, extended paternity leave. You're talking um, vacation time throughout the year. You're talking. Um, you look a bit stressed. Go take a week. Go to a spa. Go chill out, and things like that. And 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 those kinds of policies. Um, it's obscene in the context of a Chinese factory um, or in an Amazon warehouse. Because in an Amazon warehouse or in a Chinese factory, it's all about output. It's all about how many, how many of those are you, are you pushing along the production line. Um, and that there is no care about the individual who's actually on that production line. So, so you could view both of those, in my, in my opinion, you could view both of those as two sort of uh, extremes I'm saying that there's a middle way okay. I don't know necessarily what the rules of that middle way is but I I have a pretty strong view that 20 rand an hour is not that way 
um, people should have buy-in, and I believe people should have ownership of the thing that they're helping you build. Um, if I don't have, if, if people don't feel part of and that they're actually part of your company and they're, ha they're helping you realize a dream. I think the ownership is, is, is spot on, you know, the ownership part of it, because I think the moment you step outside of the ownership thing, um, then it's very, it becomes very complicated because it's industry specific. Yeah. You know, high end luxury goods, you, you work less and make the most money um, because just because of that particular industry that you're in, you mm. make one bag every month. And you, you <laughs> or it's sell one bag. <laughs> or sell one bag. You Making know. it's the easy part. So, um, so going to like Ferrari and whatnot, it's like, you know, these guys don't have to sell many Ferraris. Um, so as a result, the environment, you know, you can have a small team. I'm sure Ferrari doesn't have more than a thousand employees. Right now, but it wasn't always that way. Yeah. No, I mean, Ferrari would have started like Ford did, like any other company did. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, starting, okay, let's trace it back. So starting with regards to um, putting, get, putting together a car in a garage, yes, you know, that's where they started, designing a car, have a small team of um, mechanics and you piece together this car. But then the ambitions were different. The other one was building a, the, the best supercar. And the other guy was like, I'm going to build a family car that everybody can afford. Can drive, yeah. So it's now the approach to that, they, you know, you have to take two different strategies. The other one is like literally like output. The other one is like, look, man, it's a trophy business. I've got my tractor business going along pretty fine. And I've, I've sold thousands of tractors, but like, if you want to buy my Ferrari, whenever you, you know, here's my price. I'm not, I'm not moving on this price. But interestingly enough, the company, the, 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 the company values are very similar. Or it used to be anyway. So Ford has changed quite a lot. I'm talking about in the days of Henry Ford and back in those days. The, the vision and the... the where, where people could like, if you work at Ford, you must be able to afford a Ford kind of thing. Exactly. Exactly right. Um, and, and be able to um, take a holiday once a year, uh, you know. Uh, there has been a, a seismic shift. Your parents' generation, um, you know, you, you wouldn't have to be, I know your dad's a doctor, but you, you, you wouldn't have to have been a doctor in order to afford uh, to send your kids to a basic government school um, and maybe once a year go for a very modest holiday by the sea. You, general families could do that. Um, I'm talking globally because obviously here we had apartheid which excluded the majority of being able to do that at all. Um, but now we're in this economic apartheid where y you have to, you're either earning the obscene amount of money or you're fucking starving. There's no middle class in the middle holding it up. That, 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 that's my take on it. And so I think when you're starting a business, uh, and I've seen many examples in this place where y you, you can start a business. There's, there seems to me to be that two sort of playbooks. The one playbook is that you get the labor as cheap as you can because all you're trying to do is get the product out and make money at the end of the line or you're actually building a company and investing in people along the way, which 
in and of itself comes with lots of pitfalls because people don't necessarily um, they, they they're not necessarily that loyal to you. Yeah. They might use and abuse you and then go for a, a yeah. higher paycheck somewhere else. Yeah, and that's a risk. I get it. I get scary. it. That's very scary because you invest time, um, money, and it's like you invest emotionally and then only to, you know, to be left at the altar. Cheap. <laughs> Rather separate the two, you know, and then it's just like it's all about the money this side, and then it's all about the. Um, then we have like a separate relationship on the side. So, so, so starting a business or being an entrepreneur and being certainly in the business of people is not just as easy as one, two, and three. There are so many things that we've in this, and I've just realized we've been talking for an hour and 27 minutes, so I hope you're still with us on this. Um, we may be talking to no one at this stage. Um, and we should, probably should wrap this up, but I would like to do this again. But I think, uh, as an entrepreneur, that's a, it's a really interesting thing. It's it's you have to take so many different elements. You have to be so aware. I think politically, you have to be aware. Ethically, I think is a now just to kind of um, you know we've been having broad discussions, but just to bog down on business in general and entrepreneurship, um, share a little bit of insight of my particular journey and. Um, and how I see entrepreneurship um, is what I do, what I would like to share is I've realized or I'm, I'm continuing to realize that the more, the more aware of the world you are, um, the better, like, you know, uh, the better the opportunities become. Like, as in your awareness of the world um, kind of allows you to, you know, to access different realms of kind um, of thinking and ambition yeah you know and all that kind of stuff so this is coming from a guy who's you know grew up in a small town and the next town like small village then the next town is like the biggest trip you take you know once a month <laughs> for, yeah. for shopping to <laughs> um, but completely being unaware of how big your province is, like as in, you know, and then you realize how big the province is, and they're like, oh, oh, like, you know, I can do this, I can, um, there's certain things out there, and you leave your province, and you realize how big your country is, but relatively super small in the rest of the world, and then you leave your country, um, and then you realize how big your continent is, and what, like, but at the same time, how, how small it is. Yeah. You know, and then the more, um, the more you know, you kind of grow and travel and see things and meet people from all over the world. So the more, the bigger your world becomes, the smaller it becomes at the same time. Exactly, global village. Yeah. So, um, so with my journey, like as in, you know, just like the ambitions of just are continuing to. Kind of, it's always a, it's a constant moving target, I guess. Like mm. as in having this conversation, um, especially with you guys who've been you know, from the beginning of this journey. It's like, ah, oh, you know, I want to have, um, in my beer, for example, my beer journey, it's like, you know, just want to take over Cape Town. And then it's like, oh, no, actually, let's um, get it out in SA. And then before you even accomplish that, it's like, actually, no, why, why am I not moving container loads of beer? Throughout you the know, whole of Africa. Throughout yeah. the whole of Africa. And then, you know, why can't it... Um, 
why can't I just take over the world with the, the product like the big guys have done it? So as in, uh, it's just one of those things where the guys who knew the world um, back in history now, the, the explorers, they could take bigger bets. Hence, those guys were ex super extremely successful. Exactly. But some of them, some of them not so much. Yeah. And and but some of them are quite right. But a majority of the guys who um, achieved extreme success, it's a, an explorer who went to another country, took the risk, and then when you get there, you're like, oh, you know, like um, I've got some nice animal skin here. <laughs> and uh, it's cold in Europe and yeah. you know got some nice you know um, whatever they, whatever animal skins they've got in America raccoon whatever and um, yeah let's make hats uh, pelts and whatnot in in, in, uh, in England or whatever yes. where it's cold so it's just like that plug and play um, and the nice thing about it is just uh you supply like you're dealing with entire populations as an entire market it's entire markets as opposed to individual um, clientele when yes you, when you like as in the smaller you are the how can i explain this uh your market is smaller if you're thinking small if you if you get if you get where i'm going with this i do i do and and i think yeah that's yeah never stop dreaming man yeah Never stop dreaming and never stop building. Even though a pandemic shuts you down, one day people will be drinking Joachim Lager again. Yeah, yeah. Different, different version of Hopefully it. very soon. Fucking hell. Hopefully uh, very soon. That will be very soon. Kanye, thank you so much. Thank you, Lizelle. Um, I'm going to share some links in the description. And of Kanye, you can... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So I'm gonna, I'll share all the links of uh, Jawaharlal and how you can get in touch with Kanye. And uh, hopefully, you, if you have any questions, you can fire them at him, fire them at me, and we'll try and pick this up. Um, I'm pretty sure that well, you're only in Cape Town for the next few days, but when you when you come back back, we yeah. can hopefully sit down and do this more often because it's been brilliant. Yeah. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you, Lizelle.